Today on Dirty Linen, you're stuck with me. A little bit of a a solo ramble uh, as we end 2021 and crash or perhaps groan, stumble, leap into an uncertain 2022. I'm going to not come forward with any predictions because who would do that, but just perhaps a little bit of reflection and some wondering. I honestly think I have less of a vision of any new year than I've ever had. It all feels disconcertingly contingent and the utter hubris of making plans seems finally clear. And every occasion navigated successfully at the moment feels like I've just dodged eight lanes of traffic. Uh, Maybe this is a new normal and it requires a kind of capitalist zen that I don't think I've quite acquired, but... I'm on board for whatever it is. The future isn't my calendar or my dreams or a bunch of tickets or reservations. It's a concept, a hope, a set of values that I hope I can enact day by day. So where does this and how does this bring us to food or dining or hospitality? Today, I'm oscillating between weariness and worry and a kind of hard one, whatever. I'm trying to overcome the deep fatigue of the last two years Atari kind of stuck feeling. And whenever you pull your feet off sticky asphalt or out of ankle sucking sand, there's that consequent lurch into momentum. And I have that too. I am at times, often even, effervescent with joy, the delight of living now, the moment by moment celebration of connection. It's, I mean, surely it is. This is the point. So as I look forward to 2022, optimist by nature, world lover by choice, diner by design. I can't quite say that I'm anticipating or predicting, but this is what I'm wondering. I guess, you know, in the immediate, every time I turn around, I seem to hear of another restaurant that's just closed because of the staffing crisis. And at the moment, it seems to mostly be because of um, COVID cases, not simply the staffing shortage that people have been dealing with for ages. It's uh, either someone's COVID positive, so the business is needed to close. It's people who are waiting for tests. It's people who are close contacts. It's so challenging and so exhausting. And you know, as from the diner side, you know, lots of people are still going out, but a lot of people are staying home as well. And uh, you can, especially at this time of year where people have got travel plans or we've just got through Christmas, people had a lot of family, friend plans, people were trying to avoid not only potential infection, but also the need to isolate and test. And that's been a bit of a shit show. Um And I guess, you know, the international workers that we hoped would flood in now that the borders are somewhat open, uh, people are coming, but it's not exactly a flood. So it's not making up for the shortages that already existed and are occurring for the reasons that we all know about. So there is a weariness, a very deep weariness. Um, And I think there's a lot of really like didn't we get through this and then get through this again do we really is there really more to deal with wasn't this going to be that hot vac summer the summer that people could recover lost business lost momentum and it just seems like it all for some reason just needs to still be hard and you know as a hospitality worker or operator um there's 
there's that hope or that need for customers to be understanding of everything that people are going through. But then, of course, that's balanced with the desire and I suppose, you know, the, the deal in a sense that you're there to deliver some magic. And there is magic. There is so much magic, so much magic being delivered. And there's courage underpinning it and there is so much heart and I'm seeing that, I'm feeling that, I'm hearing that every single day. So, I mean, I'd love to talk about all the great meals that I've had and all the, all the places that I'm dying to go to, but I've just, I've just got a few that I'll talk about because I think that perhaps they're a bit emblematic of the kinds of restaurant and dining experiences that we'll be enjoying in 2022. And the first place I'm going to talk about is a little restaurant in Richmond called Lenny, and it's owned and run almost single-handedly by a chef called Cameron Williams. He's a young guy, 26, and he's worked at some great restaurants. Um, yeah, he's worked at Sepia, he's worked at Embla or Lisa. Um, and if not for COVID, and lockdowns and landlords open to some sweet deals. He would never have opened a restaurant uh, so quickly in his career. But, you know, that's what he did. Um, he lost his job. He uh, had some thinking time. He found um, found a pretty decent deal on some rent at, on a premises in Richmond and he's opened a really, really nice little restaurant uh, that is so personal and in a sense so restricted because he can't find staff, he's not really doing the food that he wishes he could do, but there is something really heartfelt and charming about what he's doing at Lenny and it's spelled L-E-N-E. Um, so I feel like we're going to see a lot of places like that. Another place that's um, I guess a little bit along those lines is Bar Villanelle in Windsor in Chapel Street where it's... Um, you know, so a couple of young operators and, uh, yeah, just a lot of hope and heart and the sense of, well, if not now, then when? There probably will never be a better time where, you know, so many empty premises, so many fit-outs ready to be scooped up. Um, I think also when I was in Sydney a few weeks ago, I um, dropped into Paskey in Darlinghurst uh, pro probably in its first week and that's owned and run by Giorgio De Maria, a wine guy from way back, um, worked front of house at lots of um, great Sydney places. And I felt, you know, just chatting to him as he showed us around around the place, uh, he's a person and there are so many people like this and thank God for that. There are so many people that kind of just can't help but deliver hospitality experiences when they see a place that, you know, speaks to them and then they breathe a bit of life into it and then create a place where people can come and connect with their friends and meet new friends and drink beautiful wine, eat great food and just experience a bit of joy. So I think one thing we've seen through all of this, you know, a lot of people have left the industry, thrown up their hands, it's been too hard or too draining too insecure, of course, but there are some people who have become even surer that this is what they do, that it's really embedded in their bones. And I'm not really speaking for Giorgio because I don't really know him and who knows what he's thinking, but I got the feeling that this was how he expressed himself and I was so grateful for that. There's, I'm wondering what we're going to see from some great, women in the industry and 
one of those people is Joe Barrett. I can't wait to see what she does next. Uh, she's had this incredible time at Future Food System, uh, the house that grows its own food that Joost Backer um, built in Federation Square. And, you know, having written a big feature about Joe during the year, I just know she has, she's so talented, so creative, such a thinker, always doing a million things and always doing the next thing. Although, as I say that, I also want to correct myself because when I interviewed her, she said that people are always asking her, so what are you going to do next? And she's like, this is it, this is it. And I don't think she so much meant this is it, this house in Federation Square, but more like this project where you are connected to the seasons and to nature and that menus are connected to what's grown, that it's, um, you know, the loop is as closed as it can be. And someone else that I know is thinking a lot about that is Simone Watt on the Mornington Peninsula, who's um, built an amazing um, kitchen garden at Barragunda. And I'm not exactly sure when that restaurant's going to be built and when it's going to open, but I think she's such an interesting person in that same space in a way, in the sense that uh, sustainability, when you think about it and you have to think about it, it's based on connection. And if you connect dining to soil and air and water and the people that get food onto plates, the next step has, has to be to care for and to nourish every element that gets it there, every part of that equation. It just makes sense. So I'm going to finish this little chat with the last meal that I had out and it was on Christmas Day and it was at Grossi Florentino and I'm the kind of person that, you know, on Christmas night or maybe Boxing Day, I'm so over Christmas, apart from the ham, which I'm into for weeks. But um, I love just putting the Christmas tree down <laughs> and putting the decorations away. I don't know. I don't. I hope that doesn't sound too grinchy. But anyway, even though I do feel a bit like that, I still want to talk about my Christmas Day experience at Grossi Florentino. Uh, I've heard about their Christmas Day lunch for decades as a food writer. You know, we do a lot of Christmas stories and it's one of those ones that comes up again and again. I've never been because I'm always doing my family Christmas, but this year we did our family thing on Christmas Eve. So I was super fortunate to be invited onto someone's table, Jeff Brady's table, and actually we're doing a, a summer series podcast with Jeff um, in a few weeks, so listen out for that. But Jeff and Annie led us onto their table. Apparently, the only way that you can really get into the Grossi Florentino Christmas Day lunch is if someone who's been coming along for decades, and it's a room full of regulars, if someone that's been coming along for decades dies. Uh, and indeed, that's how Jeff and Annie managed to get their table a few years ago. Um, so luckily, I wasn't, yeah, wasn't waiting for anyone to expire but was able to be accommodated with my daughters and it was really, really special. It was, there was music, there was Santa scattering lollies, there were people throwing streamers, there was beautiful food and there was a really strong sense of the reason that people create hospitality experiences and people go to hospitality experiences, go to restaurants. So Guy Grossi um, and his son Carlo uh, were there and um, Chris Rodriguez, the chef, his guy's brother-in-law was there. 
the Grossi family does Christmas. The guys um, work in the restaurant and the women cook the Christmas dinner for the family when they're finished. And on Easter they swap it over. So on Easter the men cook. Um, but anyway, it was just it was it was so true and spirited and meaningful. And I feel like you could sense that it's it's been a hard couple of years, but you could also sense a real anchoring in the belief of the importance of doing what they were doing for the people that were there, for the spirit of the city, for the occasion of Christmas. And it was just yeah, a show of consistency and courage to just find that last bit of energy before a little break. And I think it was a, you could feel the exchange as well, the energy that they got from the joy that people were taking in the experience. So I suppose if there was one thing I wanted for us all in 2022, it was to be part of that exchange of energy, which is to give and to receive and then to give back and then to give again. Uh, in a beautiful flurry of generosity, which I feel is not only about connection, which is what restaurants are all about, but it's about nourishment and it's about feeling like we're all part of something. So it's been great to be part of your 2021 and I've loved having you as part of mine. I think uh, there's a lot, we've got a lot more to give one another and I look forward to sharing with you and being with you in 2022. Have a good one, everyone, and happy new year. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This